The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. Welcome to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, coming up on today's program, we talk with Kevin Short from Short Powerline Services, SPS Wyoming, otherwise known as. He gives a history of the evolution of their Short Powerline Services from construction to electricians to drones. Quite a transition there when you think about it. Talks about the impact of big data, big data, depending on who you're talking to in the industry and how we're only scratching the surface what will come. Once you start layering in this big data with other companies and and civil organizations and, and, and all kinds of different research institutions, the exponential data is going to be just unbelievable what's going to happen. Those movies like Minority Report and uh, facial tracking and, and all these different things. Less than two years away. They're already doing it in China, folks. Short talks about the challenges in the marketplace as well. The acceptance of some of these uh, drone innovations that's happening. And, uh, you know, this new technology is scary to a lot of people. And some people are very accepting. Some people are not. And at the end of the day, we talk about the drones that you see up there. It's a service. It's not a flying object. So each one of those drones is doing their own little thing. And that little thing is... Whatever the flyer wants them to do. All right, that's what we got on today's program here at the Multimedia Cafe. We're going to talk about the eye in the sky drones and this company out of Wyoming, Short Powerline Services, SPS Wyoming. Kevin Short, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. Kevin Short, SPS. SPS? No, SPS, as in Sam. Pipeline Sam, right? Short Power Line Service. Short Power Line Service. There we go. That's even a better way to say it. Let's say the actual words instead of trying to say the uh, Army phonetics and realizing I'm not sure what they are. (laughs) All I know is E is for echo. We own this acronym. Oh, you do? Okay. Uh, I'm looking at your business card here, which I obtained at the uh, Energy Expo in Gillette, Wyoming. And yes, I'm looking at Drone Kings and uh, Short Power Line Service. You guys have in construction here. You guys have a couple of things under your umbrella, huh? We do. So we 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 started out in 1985 at Short Power Line Services. That was uh, started by Bill Short. And uh, as he aged, he sold it to his son Jeff, who stayed traditionally. Powerline, well, Jeff started up another branch called TDS, and that stood for uh, Transmission Distribution Services, actually. And uh, they, they, they did business as a, for a while under that. There's a lot of competition under the transmission business, 
So that kind of faded away. Jeff sold it to Robert Short, his younger brother. And Robert decided to, uh, him and Alan Jennings decided to bring this company along and look at other venues for uh, revenue. So they, they started up Short Electric, Short Power Line Electric. So now you have boot, feet on the streets, traditional journeyman electricians and master electricians performing service and new installation in the commercial and oil industry. So they felt like there's still a, a open market to be a general contractor. So they started, they re, re, uh, vitalized PDS as their general contractor name. So we do uh, building construction, cement work, um, excavation and, and just general contracting. And, uh, with, with this came a need we discovered for surveying for the oil companies using drone technology, and thus is what Drone Kings was uh, based on, was uh, doing uh, surveying for the oil companies for well sites and, and uh, power line observations and, uh, and other things like that. So that's, that's kind of what started each one. And uh, you saw us up in Gillette where we're ready to take it to the next level. And what is that next level? Is it, is it the Drone Kings or is it, um, you know, some sort of integration of all four together as one big superpower transformer? Or what's, what's, what's the next level? Yeah, and that's a, that's a good question. So, and, and, and with Drone King, what it is is uh, there's a lot of data to be collected. You know, the, the, the whole thing with, with, with the way the industry is is, is uh, there's a, a produce and consume, and that's really the driving uh, heartbeat of the industry. Well, as that becomes stagnant, it's just cyclical, up and down, up and down, up and down. There's not a lot of variation. They realized, you know, there's a lot of data out there to be had, and this data is going to be able to make you, allow you to afford intelligence decisions between that cyclical up and down industry. So there's a, just a plethora of data out there to be collected. And there's a lot of people coming up with data mining, different ways to get data. So what we did was the visualization data, the actual real-time data with the drone. So we're seeing that we could do uh, reclamation, pre-construction, during construction. So you have a, basically, you know, the position of your material, whatever phase it's in. If you're building a pipeline, what the ground looked like first what the ground looks like under construction, where the pipe lays within the ground, what the backfill looks like, and then once again, three to four years, what does that reclamation look like? And that's all data. And we know this data can be equivalented to dollars in the industry, right? I, I was going to say the next big gold rush is probably going to be this da- this big data, the, the layering of the data, the data together into new information. And when you bring in the information from two miles below the surface like they've been able to do, especially in North Dakota where they have the Laird Library, which is pretty much any rock that has been um, cracked open since the 1950s or 60s. I forget when the actual date is. There's a record of it. Every core sample from the 50s up in, up in the University of North Dakota's Rock Library because that was a that was a policy put into place. So when you start layering in, you know, information from two miles 
below the Earth's surface from 1950 to two miles above the Earth's surface to modern day, you're going to have a whole new outlook on everything. Do you understand what I mean by that? I absolutely do, and that, that's, that's kind of where we're looking at is that it's, uh, where, where's your place? Well, there's a lot of guys, you know, Baker Hughes, um, with that, some of the things that they have done and able to extrapolate that data that you're talking about. I've had the actual pleasure of working with Dr. Lynn Hills, who is the inventor of the AI used in that kind of data collection in the oil and gas industry. And he did that for Baker Hughes and a few of those other companies before he moved it to mining. But it's it's uh, there's there's players in that. But like you're saying, here's a surface play where it's been just traditionally word of mouth. Mr. Kevin Short, ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. When we return, we're going to take a brief pause, uh, continue the conversation with Kevin Short, Short and Power Line Services. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with, well, we continue the conversation with Kevin Short with Short Power Line Services. So one of the challenges is that it's, uh, the perception is that this is a hobby, right? It's something that uh, I bought my kid one from golden image or from uh, radio shack and he flies it around takes pictures of the yard the cats chases the neighbor's dog whatever so this is a hobbyist and so one of our challenges is challenges has been to take it 
into a professional realm beyond hobby. Beyond this is something you can do yourself. So we've uh, we really stress hard and heavy that all of our pilots are licensed. So we go and take the test. The uh, the, the federal um, drone aviation testing, and we're certified. So when we do this, we have to plot out the air because now we're up there as professionals. It is against the law for hobbyists to be flying their airplanes around or their drones around where we're flying. That was an extreme challenge because it was just to, to get somebody to understand the validity of the industrial use of drones and drone type aerial coverage. And, and, and so, you know, everybody's thinking we're just taking pictures. This is beyond pictures. We have a uh, grass comp gas, and I'm going to mess this up so bad, chromiographic rendering. So I could take a picture of a leak on a pipe and through the color spectrum, tell you what's leaking and how much is leaking out of a pipe using other like FLIR technologies attached to the drones. So our challenge is marrying our industry knowledge with the available product out there and how do we apply it to industry. And uh, we're at the leading edge of that, to be brutally honest. Uh, trying to do a tank scan, discovered that there's no drone out there that is intrinsically safe. There's no such thing as an intrinsically safe drone, nor is there a requiem for it. So how would I be able to fly that into a Class 1 Div 1 vessel, right? Mm -hmm. A hell of a challenge. You know, one of the things that I've seen is the acceptance of new technology, you know, um, whether it's an email or having to have a website or whatever it might be, drones is a new technology. And that's kind of what you're talking about is some people just don't, they, they don't see it as, Oh, what do you mean? You can use a computer in the office. People play solitaire on that. Nobody actually uses it in the workplace. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very similar mentality. It really is to, to where, I do. I, I kind of I, I I question and I just challenge people to take a step back and say, if you really don't see the actual intrinsic and valuable properties and, and values that a drone can bring to whatever life you're living beyond a hobby, well, that's you're not stepping back far enough. And so I, that's that's how I, I mean, right away, you can see how, how it could benefit. I mean, just even transmission lines. I mean, you don't have to have guys climbing poles anymore. I mean, they can go just to fly a drone. And so I remember sitting in a um, council meeting in North Dakota in Bismarck. And this was not even five years ago. And they were still using crop dusters to check um, pipelines. And I thought, my goodness, we live in a world where this is fun. I've been tracking drones since 2007. Um, 2009, I interviewed somebody who just got back from Israel and they had drones the size of honeybees back in 2009. So, I mean, when you say, you know, we're a little behind, you're being kind. (laughs) And so when I, I look at the, the next year, the same group of men that got together and said, we're going to use crop dusters when they had drones at their disposal, the next year used drones and acted like they never even heard of crop dusters. (laughs) <laughs> you know, being being real leaders like they are. Hey, you know, when you make a when you make a decision, you never look back. You know, type thing. Um, talk no, to me a little bit. 
Yeah, t- talk to me about that a little bit because it is. It's like when the acceptance happens, boom, it happens quick. Right, and so so this is a this is a so so I I should just say that for what we're wanting to do, we've discovered that really the niche is is not just going promote drones. It's a service that drone provides. So really. Drones is a vessel, it's a tool. So as an electrician, that would be like me going out and saying I'm a Klein electrician or a Phillips or a standard screwdriver kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So we're now saying let's let's not let's not rest on this drone technology because it, you, what you're going to find is that once you throw a price in there, with what you're really offering is a service, not the drone. And once you provide the service, immediately everybody's going to cavitate to, well, hell, I can buy a drone and do that myself for a lot less money. Not realizing, do a cursory audit on that and tell me what your overall costs are of your people involved in this, right? Hey, man, you're, you're, you're talking to a professional writer and interviewing. You're speaking my language now because anybody okay, can speak so you know and anybody it, right? can write and anybody can speak. Oh, yeah, totally. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Anyway, go on. <laughs> no, that, that's it. So it's like, so do this cursory audit and let's find out where the gray money is here, right? And that's what we're absorbing. So rather than get into that, that, that silly new technology arg- argument, which really kind of uh, – uh, Stalls a lot of new technology is is uh, you know our great I can do what you can do mentality if, if you keep it simple. So we need to really so what we're doing here at Drone King is we're selling a service. So rather than scan a uh, tank for for uh, like one of those floating ceilings for for uh, integrity breaches, we also we don't only do the 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 drone but we'll put a lidar which is a, a tremel that I, I think you saw at the show we had one there, the yellow LIDAR tremel. I, I am familiar with LIDAR, yes. It um, it kind of reminds me of the way video games were in the 80s, but modernized where you've got basically like a Google Earth type thing, not the terrain, but where you've got, you know, right. like like the, the, the shapes, the, the geometry look of the Earth, a LIDAR type of a thing. It's not yeah. the, yeah, and... Um, yeah, that technology has been around for a little while, and that's that has been some great. I've seen outstanding upgrades in that. But anyway, go on, go on. Well, and, that, and so that's what we're looking at is the upgrades, the billion points, you know, per per per, per square uh, meter type thing. And so between the two of them, you could squeeze that information, put it in the central database, and now you have a two D, three D, one D rendering of whatever the target was you had. So so what we're looking at is not saying we, we're flying drones, but instead we're saying you have purchased some old oil wells or some old gas plants. And one of the things that you have lost is the red lines. So I'm going to give you a perfect example with a customer conversation. You, you've lost the red lines. So what's really in those panels right after three or four ownership? And they don't know. So what we could do just on a controls aspect is stick a LIDAR. I could scan the inside of one of those panels. I could come back with all the electromechanical componentry and then integrating that with our uh, electrical engineering capability, we, we'll be able to give you a fairly 95 to 98% accurate set of red lines. But then all we have to do is just get into your program to fill in the minutiae. Now you have a documented 
data heavy uh, piece of, uh, of, 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 of propaganda or peripheral that you could go in and service your equipment from this point on, right? And that's, so that's some of the things we're looking for the 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 the, uh, the uh, uh, drone and lidar marrying those technologies. So we're not necessarily leading with one. We're just asking you what you want done, and then we'll pick the best tool to give you this visual data that you have asked us for. You know, Mr. Kevin Short, ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two, and we return. We're going to take a brief pause, uh, continuing the conversation with Kevin Short, Short Powerline Services. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic, the first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects, groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. So here's to all of the good thinkers and here's to the lonely drinker but don't you know welcome back to the multimedia cafe my name is jason spies thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the multimedia cafe a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about coming up next we talk with well we continue the conversation with kevin short with short power line services no, it is, and that's the one thing that I'm talking to the oil and gas about is that, you know, we're wanting to, we're, we're looking at well pads, we're looking at construction, we're looking at power line, we're looking at pipelines and stuff like that, but there's there's these other entities that need to be satisfied, and one of them is the EPA, and what better way to validate, justify, or control what your interface interaction with the EPA is than a visualization, because really that's all they have to go by. Uh, yeah, these deer, they're, uh, you know, you're drilling here, running these deer off. Prove it to me. Show it to me. Right? Well, we could take a camera and show there's deer there, you know, with infrared camera, camera imaging on the wildlife as well. But you run into problem because then the government's like, we don't want you flying around and harassing wildlife. So one of the challenges is to get the government entities and the ONG entities to come to an agreement that if, if that is their technology of proving that the ONG did bad to the area, the ONG has to have the same amount of rights to validate or justify that that did not take place, right? Because mm-hmm. the government can fly a drone all day. Right. To be honest. 
I mean, there's nothing we could do about it. Unless you decide to take a microwave oven and throw it upside down on your house, I guess you could take one down that way. I think there was one one county in Colorado that passed a law that you can shoot drones out of the sky if there was... Yeah, they actually did. They actually passed it because there were so many drones flying around. Um, <laughs> it's like a drone hunting season, I guess. I'm not sure, but how big are the drones that you're talking about? Are they, you know, are they? They're not the size of a small airplane, are they? But they're bigger than a football. Yes, absolutely. So we have a fixed wing drone that has a uh, 50 pound payload. Uh, well, we actually have it right now. And so it's, it's uh, you know, it's the size of a bit of a pickup, I'd say, for sure. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. So it's got some size to it. Right. You, you just, you know, you can get these big, big, big ones, but the line of sight 20 yards is going to be an issue um, when you're in oil and gas and anywhere we have power lines and uh, cranes and drilling rigs, right? Mm-hmm. Just don't want to send your drone out flying without... Because basically your drone's looking at a fixed target. It's not really looking at what it's about ready to run into. Yeah. That's why you have spotters on the ground. <laughs> yeah. the, the other part that I, I like about drones, and and I'm, I apologize to listeners out here. I'm not doing a commercial here for short power line services. I'm trying to do a commercial for the uh, aviation drone industry because I've been covering it pretty good since 2007, 2008. And... Um, the part that I really enjoy about this is that it exposes so much new information that it intuitively becomes a proactive solution to so much. There, you, you, you can actually see things. I, I know in Ohio they're finding abandoned, abandoned wells, so they're being proactive on that. And I, I can see the day when all of a sudden – agriculture is going to be folded into this and who knows in wyoming in next five years you guys might figure out some new crop that can grow in the soil there because the drones will figure out there's a x amount of acres of this type of soil that does this crop and this and that and everything do you know what i mean by the proactive nature and the uh just the sheer intuitiveness that this this stuff creates You're actually talking about real-life prairie dogs here. Right. The, the density of it. God so bless, God bless America. God bless America where that's a job where you can fly around and check prairie dogs. Oh, I love it. I love right it. On, right? <laughs> so we, we fly around and we look, and if there's a spider web in front of the hole, that's not an occupied hole. And we can see that from a distance versus, you know how I many people that have to have boots on the street to see that? That's a great point. And I, I have absolutely no idea how that's relevant to what you're talking about, but I do see where that can be relevant in other areas. I, it, I, I Just out of curiosity, how is that relevant? Because that's... So it's relevant. You know, we, 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 we all hate vermin, right? Okay, so it has to do with the pest control and pest location and activity. But it's also... It's also um, Far beyond our scope, the game and fish looks at that as what is the cycle? Are we in a predator cycle or are we in a prey cycle, right? Right. Game and fish looks at that as gold. Right. That's, that's an ecosystem must. 
right. it's something we've never had. So, so we, so we just kind of randomly, arbitrarily, how many elk and deer licenses and antelope licenses we give out in area. Now That's, we can actually base it on what that ecosystem is supporting at the time. Right. That's this is not you know this is what I've been trying to educate people on for years is the counting of herds of cattle. They do they do that with drones where they'll fly cattle over to count no different with elk and and herds of of uh deer etc and the other part was i used to give the example of a row of sunflowers or potatoes to where you'd have the you'd have the drone fly over and then they'd be able to actually identify if a individual plant on an individual leaf had a potato blight disease and then it would do it in real time as send a piece of information over to another drone. Maybe it's a four-wheel drive drone, or maybe it's just another flying drone, but it goes over to that specific leaf, and it just kind of does one of those perfume mists of pesticides or whatever spray they have to take care of that potato blight, which is going to decrease the amount of pesticides and and, and, uh, fungicides and everything by about 99%. And the other part is that it's going to create, you know, this need for just finding out different diseases like that you know that that's how precise agriculture is becoming and your story of the uh, of the uh, of spider web it's the same thing that's that's the same to me that's the same amount of precision that we're bringing into other fields that spider web is relevant for the game and fish people just like the potato blight is relevant to farmers right and and, and then, so then the same now 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 we're going to change industry with the same thought process, okay? So now I have a refinery, and I have all this process instrumentation out there that is all addressable. Are you familiar if I get into automation control by addressable? I am. Okay, so I know where everything is based on its ad- I buy its address, right? Whether I'm Ethernet to it or I'm going through a PLC. Everything has an address, so I know everything's positioned where it's located at this facility. So now if I have a gas leak, you have a drone in a mailbox with a interrogation, uh, gas detection, thermography, color spectrum, and you could actually put LEL meters on these things if you want so they could sniff. So now you have a gas leak, you see a pressure variance within a process, so you can pretty much know where that is in the process, but you have like insulation on there, heat tape, and so it can traverse up and down through that. So now you deploy this drone out of its mailbox. It sees an emergency. The PLC goes into a subroutine saying, I am detecting a a heavy variation in my loop here. So the pressure's dropped immensely or pressure's gained immensely or one of the other meters is picking up an LEL gap. So this comes out, deploys out of its mailbox slot, this drone does, and goes and does an interrogation of the area, so it really pinpoints where that is. So you have now rapid deployment to fix this area, which is kind of unheard of in the refineries, rapid deployment. The word rapid is almost unheard of in refinery anymore. Mr. Kevin Short, ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two, and we return. We're going to take a brief pause, uh, continuing the conversation with Kevin Short, Short Power Line Services. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. So here's to the picture that holds us laughing. 
And here's to the sound of one hand clapping And here's to not letting this moment pass Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Historic. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative, the cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking, with construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation right here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we talk with, well, we continue the conversation with Kevin Short with Short Powerline Services. Unheard of in the refinery's rapid deployment. The word rapid is almost unheard of in refinery anymore. But it's rapidly deploy these things. And so having that conversation... It led to, uh, here's a crazy thing, out of all this, this led to a conversation of how do we, if somebody goes overboard on a carnival ship, how would drones be utilized in that kind of instance? And it's, it's amazing. There's no end to this drone technology. Remembering that a drone is a programmable piece of apparatus, just like a PLC is. And so you can have this thing do many, many functions that it's not even capable of doing yet today, other than in the military, because they've utilized it as a weapon. And now, rather than a weapon, we utilize, utilize it as a tool. We deploy it to go and do things, do, do drilling rig inspection, do uh, gas plant, refinery inspection. Even in the mining industry, you can do shaft inspection where you just couldn't deploy humans before rapidly. So now they, they know what's going on. They, they get their their material, and there's definitely a uh, definitely a study on the difference between blindly troubleshooting and having a visualization and troubleshooting, right? On how fast you could repair or or deploy into the area of need repair. So we're kind of focused on that too. One of the things I wrote down from what you said earlier was, you know start thinking of drones as a service and not a drone. Uh, and that's right. that's kind of verbatim what you said is paraphrased. But uh, well, the one thing that I used to bring up all the time about North Dakota was that the, they, they manufacture the bodies down in Wapaton, and then they construct them, and they have the uh, aviation base up in Grand Forks. where So you got right. the, bo- the body of the drone. But in, North, in Fargo... They're building the brains. That's where they build all the, the, the software and the optics and all that other stuff. And so I used to point out that these are two extremely different parts of the business. One is the actual, okay, one's the hardware, the, the, the drone itself. But the other one, the more valuable 
of the two in terms of the monetization part is the software side. And it, when you do software, you got to know what you're doing. And you mentioned earlier, a lot of times the energy companies aren't necessarily sure what to do with drones. Are you finding that's kind of an issue that you have to come to them and convince them why the service is needed? Because I see that being kind of one of your biggest challenges. It, it is that and, believe it or not, is the uh, creativity. Well, it's, it's like they don't know what to do with it. They know they need right. to, but what do we do with it? How do we utilize it? Because at the end of the day, they still got to go to their shareholders and justify it. Well, and, and once you once you do that, once you convince them into an area, but, but I'll take this tank that we're going to scan. Um, well, it, it got it got so into and we can and we can and we can that you know you just can't close. So it's it's a very it's a very volatile in a way because there's you know here's something they've never been introduced to now you're introducing them to them and. There's a whole world that's been playing in this for a long time. And so now the guys are all sudden rather than, oh, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do this. So it's hard to finite them down to let's do a project, okay? Let me just scan this for you. Boy, did that, boy, did that, sum, up, did that sum up why everybody nodded their head in the last three minutes because you just said, and we can do this, and we can do that to the point to where it just doesn't close. Because that's, the I mean, I was thinking about, that's one of my biggest issues that I hear from my people is we, we don't do media anymore. We do an ecosystem of activity, meaning, we, you know, I mean, honestly, we're on, people ask us, well, you are, are you on iTunes? Yeah. And iHeartMedia and about 70 other podcast platforms. Because once you put it into one place, it goes to like 50 to 70 different places. I, I find our interviews on places I've never heard of, but we don't care. Because that's part of our business plan is to get the message out, you know. And and so when it comes to, like, your business, I can see where they just keep – they talk themselves out of it because they're, it, it's it's too much. It's it, They can't wrap their mind on it when you're like, no, we need to focus. You can do all this stuff, but if you focus on one, you're going to find out how it's going to become exponential after you focus on one because – Everything's exponential in a in a brain session me, brain session meeting. <laughs> so. it's, it's, it's the Swiss Army knife. I mean, <laughs> you really just want a blade. So just open the blade. Only worry about the blade, right? We'll get to the fork and spoon later. Right, <laughs> right. Once we actually have a meal to eat, we'll get to the fork and spoon. But right now, we need the blade. Yeah. We need to get our and food. We just saw it. We had a we had a customer with a shovel in the mining industry, a rather large shovel. These are uh, these are uh, you know we're talking like a, a ninety yard buckets, and so it's easier for us to scan that, send it over to a three D printer, and now you're holding this in your hand. It's a lot easier to look at it. And where would your mods be, right? To scale it to play with it. And so we, we talked to a customer, drone technology. Well, we can fly that because basically you can't get up and scan where it is. And so we fly it, we scan it, and then here they are again. Oh, we could, we could, we could, we could, we could, we could. And then they come back to us and go, you know what? We're just going to buy our own drone and do it in-house. 
And that's one of the biggest fears about this technology, because let's be honest, that's what, unfortunately, on an upcycle of oil and gas, we tend to spend more on on uh, on product than we do services. They can they they can buy a drone themselves and do what I just said. Check you know print off a checklist off the internet, but at the end of the day, you get what you pay for. You do. And talk to me a little bit about your experiences with with what I just shared and what you know your your challenges are. Okay, and then that's good because what we what we did is we recognized that. How are we going to differentiate ourselves? So it's your approach to business, your methodological approach to business. But we have to do this as any business that we're doing. If we're building power line, we have professionals. What are the what are the the pros and cons of doing on this? So we decided that we we have a uh, a uh, a freedom right now to explore and and put in processes and procedures to make sure this is a safe, efficient, and there is an ROI. And that's the one thing about person just buying this. Well, do you have, how are you going to collect that data? And when you collect that data, what are you going to do with that data, right? And, and, and how are you going to scrub that data? Because we're talking uh, videos is a lot of data, and a lot of it you're not going to utilize. So how do you scrub it? What are you looking for? And so, so we put all these things into place prior to us going out and doing a job. We have a drone pre-flight plan. We talked with all the, uh, the uh, governing uh, bodies involved, whether it's uh, county, state, local, city, or or private, about the ordinances of flying around, doing what we're doing for them, and then we give you a professional packet of data. And that was Kevin Short with Short Powerline Services, SPS Wyoming. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, even the YouTubes. All those social media links can be found at thecrudelife.com. That's going to do it for today's program. I'd like to thank Kevin Short for coming on today's program. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. And for those of you who are listening online or maybe downloading the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, appreciate it very much. Thank you for choosing us as part of your daily, weekly, monthly content. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. The first full conversion refinery to be built in the U.S. in over 40 years. Innovative. The cleanest, most technologically advanced downstream project ever. The model for future shale basin projects. Groundbreaking. With construction resuming in early 2019. The Davis Refinery. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. 
and then you will let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 